Today on the podcast, we are talking about a new startup called Sakana AI out of Japan that wants to build nature-inspired artificial intelligence. This was founded by former Google AI luminaries Leon Jones and David Ha, and Saka AI essentially promises to uh, deliver a revolutionary approach to foundational AI models. So today on the podcast, we're going to be diving into what they are building and why we think that this is relatively important um, in the industry today. So Jones isn't new to revolutionary ideas. He actually co-authored the 2017 groundbreaking Google research paper, Attention is All You Need. It's kind of funny because I swear every single person that co-authored um, that paper has gone on to found some of the biggest AI companies. I'm not sure if, I mean, obviously they were like very ahead of their time and came up with a very interesting concept. But I think beyond that, just the brand name and the name recognition of that paper and how important it is made it really easy for all of them to go and, you know, get venture funding for their uh, their companies, right? If they were that early on that and were able to come up with that bit of revolutionary technology, they're obviously deeply ingrained in the space and poised to to do some really great things with research and tech. So it's kind of funny to see, or it's it's exciting to see all of these guys come out and uh, have really awesome AI companies. So Jones was working at Google for 12 years. He just left and he is now the CTO of Sakana AI. And on the other side, we have Ha, who is, you know, essentially is the CEO and he previously spearheaded Google's AI research initiatives in Japan. He also helmed research at AI's uh, upstart Stability AI. Both Jones and Ha are on a mission to conceive AI models rooted in the insight drawn from natural systems. Now, this is awesome. Both of these guys have a ton of experience at big AI um, companies making big AI plays. And so I'm here for it to see what they are going to be building. But essentially, uh, Sakana itself translates to fish in Japan. Um, and that is essentially what their philosophy is. So the duo envisions AI models that, much like a school of fish, are individual units synchronizing seamlessly to operate as one unified entity, um, drawing from the intelligence exhibited by nature and fundamentals such as evolution and emergence. They are committed to essentially devising AI solutions that are adaptable rather than static and inflexible. Now, one thing I do want to say about this, um, you know, like having the whole school the school of fish concept or whatever this isn't entirely new and it's not like oh my gosh these are the first people to do this i'm sure they're going to do a lot of really innovative things and i'll, I'll cover some more um, things that they're doing here that's interesting but what i did want to bring up is that ChatGPT is actually doing this in a way um probably on not such a granular scale that they're about to go into but i do think this concept is really interesting um and so i think that they're actually in the right direction because essentially what was there was a bunch of leaks recently for model weights of ChatGPT, and we were able to get a lot of insights into what they're doing. But essentially, in that leak, we found out that ChatGPT is essentially segmented into 16 different professionals. And um, so it's like there's 16 mini models in ChatGPT. There's one model when you ask a question, it determines which of the 16 models could respond best. That's why sometimes I feel like when I ask questions in different ways, like the answer like, is like really variably different. Um, and I think it's because it, it may have switched over to a new one of those like professionals or experts. But anyways, that's that's a theory I'm not 100% sure about. In any case, um, that's exactly how ChatGPT is working. They, they essentially determine which of the 16. They have an expert that responds to you and they have it segmented out. This, I think, could be the solution if you go a little bit further. I'm hoping with ChatGPT, they go a little bit further. GPT-5, they go a little bit further. Um, because this could be the solution to like ChatGPT not being good at math, where essentially, um, essentially it can integrate multiple of these experts into one thing, right? So it's like it's going to have the logic and reasoning expert that's really good at math, 
mixed with one that's good at like I don't know uh, English or something because sometimes it's tricky in a sense that uh, it feels like you're getting one of the experts and not the other right now but in any case um, I think that could fix a lot of the problems but it looks like that's exactly what Sakana is kind of aiming to do here so I think this could be an antidote to the challenges like exorbitant costs and looming security threats posed by current AI models um, models that consume mass amounts of data and computing resources like ChatGPT are obviously incredibly expensive and this also might be a way to cut down on those costs so rather than merely expanding transformer models Jones and Ha are aiming to kind of architect innovative leaner techniques right they're not going to make these these models that cost millions and millions of dollars although they may still cost millions of dollars but you know I think OpenAI spent like over 540 million dollars last year something crazy and so obviously they probably are going to have that kind of arsenal of cash so they're going to be doing this lean, which I think is good. It's going to use a lot less resources, um, making a lot of smaller models. So this will be interesting to see um, how this kind of leaner technique plays out. So without going into the nitty gritty, essentially they are building, uh, they're, they're looking at the possibility of smaller inter interconnected models working in tandem, sort of like a flock of birds or school of fish to tackle challenges. This mythology uh, methodology really promises to be more sustainable and secure than models centralized around um, one massive data set. I also think this is a wise move if we're seeing a lot of lawsuits come out right now, right? New York Times is suing or looking at suing uh, OpenAI for using its data. A lot of other people would follow suit if they won. And so imagine, if you will, where you have like, you know, a thousand mini AI models that are all using different data sets, doing different things. And if for some reason you have a massive lawsuit in one of these thousand AI models, you could just remove that model, um, or though preferably you could figure out a way to just retrain it. But after removing that thing from the data set, you don't have to retrain the entire thing. Um, it's really hard to extract one data set from, um, uh, from like ChatGPT, for example, because you've already trained the whole thing and that was included. But now it's like, well, we have a thousand, so we just have to like retrain a thousandth of our model excluding that data set so I think in that regard too this also could be a really good play to kind of segment out the AI models into a lot of smaller kind of micro models if you will so I think this might be a good play in that regard um, and I think that the de decision essentially was to establish this company in Tokyo which is really cool um, not a lot of AI companies that are making headline news right now are out of Tokyo, a lot of New York and San Francisco. So I like to see a little diversification in location here. Um, while several former Google AI um, employees have congregated to global AI epicenters like Silicon Valley, Jones and Ha have charted a different path. They say that Tokyo, with its robust technical backbone, pool of educated professionals, and thriving research, um, holds some unique appeal. So this is one other thing that I will say that I, I like about this move beyond just like, oh, it's a new place other than Silicon Valley. I really think that if we want to have a very global and robust and diverse um, AI ecosystem, we need to do this. We need to spread out. We can't just have everyone from everywhere around the world all congregate in Silicon Valley um, inside of what is sort of a, a tech think bubble where a lot of people all think the same. There is so many different places around the world with so many different ways of thinking, and I do think it's very healthy to uh, have a lot of different perspectives. Now, I know most of my listeners are from California, but I'm sure you guys, uh, you all see it too, right? There is a lot of people think the same way inside of their own bubbles and circles. And so I think spreading it out gives you a lot of diversity, which is really, really powerful um, and a great thing to see. So 
I think that um, the city is has a lot of uh, international expertise combined with its potential to hold to mold AI solutions for non-Western contexts. I think that holds a lot of promise. Um, a lot of different Asian cultures have different ways of thinking or solving problems um, that has been, you know, traditionally really helpful in a global system of trade. And now I think it's going to be good to add this is an AI layer here as well. So I think um, it's no secret that the AI domain is really saturated right now. There's a lot of companies coming into this space and playing in this. We have Google, Microsoft that are really kind of fighting company and startups like Anthropic and Cohere and OpenAI and all that kind of stuff. But Jones and Ha discern a, um, or essentially they, they see a, what they call a concerning trend, which is the overpowering commercial drive that could be dampening genuine innovation. So their ethos is to reignite the spirit of unbridled exploration. I know that's kind of generic, so oh, cool, whatever. I'm not going to put much credence in that until I actually you know see what they produce. But in any case, I think their unique trajectory of Sakana AI really resonates with researchers who are looking for a shift from really, I don't know, commercial rigidity to something a little bit more exciting and interesting. So regardless of if that tagline there actually means anything, I think it does a good job in getting some of the top talent to want to work at your company. So in that regard, you know, tip of the hat, this is you got to do what you got to do. And I think that's a great move. So the company has already onboarded an academic scholar and is looking for more visionaries passionate about foundational research. Um, I think their journey is really about building something innovative. Um, you know, I think given its leadership's strong foundation and their innovative approach, I think it might be able to be a really big disruptor in the AI realm and introduce some foundational principles that, you know, are going to shape the way a lot of things are happening in AI. If this approach that they are working on uh, proves to be true, I think we would see big companies like OpenAI and others follow suit and take more of this nature-based approach where essentially you're segmenting out your AIs into many, many um, micro AIs, and it's much, much more efficient and perhaps um, better protected against lawsuits and it actually gives better responses. So this is what we're going to be left to see as they continue developing. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AIbox, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, which just launched a crowdfunding campaign. If you are interested in investing in a new AI startup, you can go to republic.com slash AI box. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well to learn more. The minimum investment is $150 and the maximum investment is $100,000. Until next time, have a fantastic day.